God is the solution. As long as God is alive, even though the world is in confusion and corrupt so much, but he has a providence. His providence going on. That's why we, whenever we unite with him, we can see hope. Even though outside people cannot see hope, as long as God is alive, we can see hope, we can solve the problem. As long as we unite with God. 안녕하세요. Good morning. Good morning, my dear brothers and sisters, clergy and members for peace. 안녕하십니까. I am extremely grateful to God because, you know, I can see our brothers and sisters every morning. Wow, what a great blessing is. Thank you so much for your attending. Incredible for your devotion and 정성. 감사합니다. Yesterday, I invited three UPA students to lunch who came to Clifton Church for missionary work. Uh, you know, they are students and they came from Korea. They will do witnessing activity for five months in Clifton Church. So three girls are so beautiful, so cute. And today, I'd like to talk about the world peace and role of women too from uh, the True Mothers Anthology Volume 2. Let's start it. World Peace and the Role of Women Too. Leaders of the Women's Federation who have gathered from around the world at this historic convention, I do not wish to offer mere ceremonial greetings. I wish to proclaim before history the meaning of the past, present, and future. In this era of historic transition, as we head toward cooperation and understanding, I want to present the great principle for the construction of an internal world of peace based on Godism. To establish a goal for the women who will pioneer the future world, in this address, World Peace and the Role of Women, I would like to present to you the principle of Godism and headwing thought that my husband, the Reverend Sum Young Moon, has been teaching. Originally, God created an object partner of love in order to feel joy, to create one masterpiece. A sculpture works day and night, investing his or her youth and strength. From where does the heart of such a sculptor come? Does it not resemble the heart of God who created an object partner of love in order to feel joy? If we look at the world of existence, we can see that everything has an inherent duality. Minerals, plants, animals, and people all exist in complementary pairs. In the world of human beings, there are men and women. In the animal kingdom, there are male and female animals. And in the plant kingdom, the stamens and pistils have made have male and female productive reproductive parts. On the level of chemical compounds, there are positive ions and negative ions. On the atomic level, there are protons and electrons. The whole world of existence consists of complementary pairs. 
To say that all things exist in complementary pairs means that they exist in reciprocal relationships, and that existence is based on love. It means that without a reciprocal partner to live for and to love, no being can exist. Do you know why all beings exist in complementary pairs? It is in order to have an ideal relationship founded on loving each other. Anywhere in this world, if one does not have a reciprocal partner with whom to have a relationship of giving and receiving love, there can be no interaction. Without interaction, there can be no existence or multiplication. A being without interaction is as good as dead. Thank you. Uh, Mother said, if we look at the wall of existence, we can see that everything has an inherent duality. Minerals and plants, animals and people all exist in complementary pairs. To say that all things exist in complementary pairs means that they exist, exist in reciprocal relationship and that existence is based on love. It means that without reciprocal partner to live for and to love, no being can exist. Do you know why all beings exist in complementary pairs? It is order to have an ideal relationship founded on loving each other. If one does not have the reciprocal partner with, with whom to have a relationship of giving and receiving love, there can be no interaction. Without interaction, there can no existence, existence or multiplication. My brothers and sisters, the reason why all beings were designed as a pair system, just now already mother clearly explained. I want to explain more details. First, in order to exist. No being can ever exist alone. There must be a subject and object. Where there is a there is a subject, there is an object. And where there is a, an object, there must be a subject as well. Everything is made up of dual characteristics. A, a man can never exist alone. Also, a woman, woman can never exist alone. Secondly, in order to move for eternity. You cannot perform a give and take action alone. You must have an opponent, object partner. However, the give and take action grows bigger and bigger the more you give and take. So in the end, you give and take forever. This is really because the more you give, the more you can get it. That's why you try to give more and more, become bigger and bigger, continuously give and take, and finally become eternal, eternity. And then number third, for the joy and happiness of one's partner. Love always comes from an object partner. You cannot create joy and happiness alone. Therefore, when you live for other person, you will find joy and happiness. Number four, for the perfection of love and multiplication. You cannot complete it alone. 
it is impossible without the help of an object partner. And it cannot reproduce alone. There must be an object partner, right? Number five, in order to obey the order of the universe. The universe is all made up of pair systems, you know, centering on dual characteristics. All beings cannot exist apart from the principle of this pair system. The realm of hell is where there is no partner. If there, if there were no men and only women, the world would be hell. If there, is, uh, if there are uh, women and only men, the world is hell. I had experience when I was in Korean army. There is no woman, no mother's figure, no sister's figure, right? Wow, just only men together. Not just only one year, not just only two years, three years. Do you know what they are main talking about? From the morning till evening, they are talking about the woman. Oh my goodness, I realized what the hell. What the hell? As a man, there is no woman, that's the hell. I really realized that point. And then the family life of the Four Portion Foundation centering on the pair system is a kingdom of heaven. Family life is also based on pair system centering on men and women, as well as couples and parents. Wow, God's principle is really, really amazing. You are talking about same-sex marriage? This in principle, non-principle. Can you imagine? If you understand the system of the pair, God exists as a centering on pair system. Any being exists as a pair system. So God is, you know, we, uh, it, it, you know uh, principal system should be eternal system. Just only man and man and woman and woman. Do you think this is eternal system? Do you think this is a, uh, the absolute system? Do you think this is an un unchangeable system? You know, God's principle should be eternal and absolute, unchanging. Do you think the relationship only man and man? Do you think relationship woman and woman? Do you think this one can last? This is not the eternal system. You know, God's system, the, the truth means no matter what unchanging, eternal and absolute and unique, then we call that we can say that is an eternal truth. We need to understand very clearly. Why same-sex marriage is wrong? We need to understand very clearly. According to principle, you know, according to universal principle, you know, uh, we cannot deny the pair system, right, my brothers and sisters? Living divine principle, the human heart as viewed through the spiritual and physical minds. I will keep this title until tomorrow and start the day after tomorrow into four of men. And we are going to finish the principle of creation soon. Let's start it. The spirit mind, the physical mind, and their relationship in the human mind. The relationship between the spirit mind and the physical mind is like that between internal nature and external form. When they become one through give and take action with God 
at their center, they form a united functioning entity, which guides the spirit self and physical self to become harmonious and progress toward the purpose of creation. This united entity is the mind of a human being. The conscience is that faculty of the human mind which, by virtue of its inborn nature, always directs us towards what we think is good. However, as the standard of goodness in fallen human beings varies, the standard of their conscience also fluctuates. This causes frequent contention, even among those who advocate a conscientious life. The original mind is that faculty of the human mind, which pursues absolute goodness. The original mind relates to the conscience as internal nature to external form. A person's conscience directs him to pursue goodness according to the standard he has set up in ignorance even though it may differ from the original standard. However, the original mind repels this faulty standard and works to correct the conscience. As long as our spirit mind and physical mind are under the bondage of Satan, the functioning entity they form through their give and take action is called the evil mind. The evil mind continually drives people to do evil our original mind and conscience direct us to repel the evil mind. They guide us in desperate efforts to reject evil desires and cling to goodness by breaking our ties with Satan and turning to face God. Yes. Based on this content, let's study Father's word. Resonate with yourself. What must you always keep in mind? Before you sleep, you must meditate and reflect on your day. And when you open your eyes in the morning, you will arise in a meaningful way. You must be aware of the fact that you are opening your eyes. <clears throat> if you do this, the spiritual phenomena, which seems so distant, will become closer and more real to you. If you are able to incorporate this truth into your daily lifestyle, your heart will come to guide you. When you decide to go somewhere, you are already resonating with that thought. It is comparable to a tuning fork. If you carry a public mind when you go forth and face the world, you will feel the frequencies of both good and bad things. Yes. This word is really touching my heart. Before you, before you sleep, meditate and reflect, reflect on your day. Did I live for the sake of others or did I live for my own sake more? Did I touch somebody's heart or not? If you did not live for the sake of others, always have to repent. If you reflect on your day, you will have good dreams. Before you're sleeping, you need to clear up everything, you know, and then need to check today, I really, can I appreciate today's my life? Or if I don't have, then have to repent. Before sleeping, you need to clear up your heart and mind. 
Then father said, you can have good dreams. When you wake up in the morning, first pray for God. Then pray for the world. Pray and prepare for the things to happen today. Heaven does not work where you do not even think or prepare. My brothers and sisters, when I wake up in the morning, I think about what should be the first thing to thank for God. Then my original mind, my true heart will tell you immediately, I am so grateful that God exists. Wow. <laughs> I am so grateful that God lives as my eternal father, my eternal parents. This every morning. Why, what should I grateful to God? What kind of a content? He does exist. He is alive. He is my daddy. And I am so grateful, grateful that God loves me forever as a parent. Even though I betray him, he never betrayed me. If you give thanks to God in this way, you will feel an un, un, unimaginable longing for God. And you will miss him very, very much. Have you ever experienced because you miss God so much and shedding tears and tears and tears and tears? <laughs> Recently, I often about pray, pray for God, and that I really so grateful He does exist. He created me, He loves me. And even though I cannot see Him, I can feel it. I miss it so much. And the tears come down. My brothers and sisters, God is not a concept. God is really, really reality. God is really alive. God is really your parents. You have to wake up every morning and feel this every day, every moment. Why is your life of faith ambiguous? This is because the existence of God is still in your mind as a concept. Then no strength will come out of your life of faith. If you reflect on your day like this, and then sleep and wake up in the morning and prepare and pray for the things to happen in the day, your heart will come to guide you. If you carry a public mind, original mind, you will immediately be able to distinguish good and evil very clearly. That's why you must always live a life centered on original mind. Next. The standard of offering sacrifice. 
What, why did the history of sacrifice begin? Good and evil spirits are both trying to take possession of humans. Good spirits used sacrifice as the condition to take possession of humans. No religion today knows about this. When you offer a sacrifice, who do you offer it to? Originally, Satan does not possess the authority to accept a sacrifice. Even Satan understands God. He knows about the principle of heaven. Therefore, when you make a sacrifice, your mind, body, and the offering all must become one centering on the sacrifice. You must pass the standard of the three stages of unity. You must get rid of all selfishness, as in the phrase, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Yes. This was a very important guidance given by Father. The standard of offering sacrifices was to separate good and evil. It is to make me a good being. It is to become possessed by God. Therefore, when you fail in offering a sacrifice, Satan will come take it away. When you fail to establish a condition of prayer and jongsong, condition of the fasting, or condition of the success of some event, then Satan will take it away. On the other hand, if you win in setting condition, God will take you. That's why whenever you set up the condition, no matter what you need to make it successful condition. If you fail and your situation become really more difficult because you set up the condition. The sacrifice and time period are important to the day fasting, seven day fasting, or and so on. When you are victorious in offering a sacrifice, it becomes a condition of overcoming Satan. That's why to set up the condition is very critical and very important. You know, when you when you uh, set up the condition successfully, and then God can take it. But you you are failed to set up the condition, Satan will take it. Through the condition of sacrifice, the sacrifice and my body and mind become a trinity, such as Noah's sacrifice, Abraham's sacrifice, and Jacob's sacrifice, and Moses' sacrifice. You know, why our ancestors offering the sacrifice want to spill it, good and evil, very clearly. I want to be, I want to uh, belong to God. You know, in offering or sacrifice, you cannot become the center. It must absolutely be public and have no selfish heart. Today's youth ministry, when you see the shortcomings of others, reflect on yourself before criticizing them. Let's start. When you see the shortcomings of others, reflect on yourself before criticizing them. In my life of faith, when I stand before people who are formal or pretend, I must reflect on myself. I must examine myself with more concern about whether there is something in me 
that is false and formal like them. However, you must not reveal your sincerity in front of them. The reason many people make mistakes is because if they say that they have sincerity, they speak frankly, or if they see others denying something, they cannot endure it and easily become foolish. If I were genuinely sincere, I cannot point out other people's mistakes. This is because when we see the other pe person's weakness or wrongdoings, we have been taught to see it as our own problem. Even looking at how God educated humans, when human beings are young in spirit and intelligence, he could not tell the truth as it is. So he spoke in metaphors and symbols. Yes. In my life of faith, when I stand before people who are formal or pretend, I must reflect on myself rather than criticizing people who pretend or do things out of formality. I should first examine myself. I must examine myself with more concern about whether there is something in me that is first or formal like them. If I were genuinely sincere instead of the pointing out other people's mistakes, I should first reflect on myself. This is because when we see the other person's weakness or wrongdoing, we have been taught to see it as our own problem. The problem is that it is our original nature to become uh, bad when we see anyone as bad. A person with a lot of fallen nature only see a lot of the bad points of the object partner. Therefore, the more goodness my nature is, the less I see the other person's bad points. And the more I try to see everything as good. And even if you see the other person's bad point, they think it's yours. Bad people see only bad things. And good people only see good things. How about you? Do you see other person's good point more clearly? Or do you see more of your opponent's weakness? There is a Korean proverb that say, for a dog, all that he sees is a dung. That's why those who have a lot of, a lot of fallen nature only can see someone's weak point because you are carrying all, all kinds of fallen nature, but you are already reached a certain standard. You can digest. You only can see someone's good point. If you see someone's bad point, weak point, wrongdoing, and treat it as my own. That's why those who are criticizing someone, you, you, you know that person, he has a lot of fallen nature. Those who are criticizing people very easily, we immediately know that you carry on all lot of fallen nature. But you overcome, you have more love, more true love, then you can embrace, you can digest, you can forgive, and someone's problem is my problem. Easily point out and criticizing and blame, that is a proof that you are the one who carry on all 
kind of the whole nature. You see? That's why when you see others making mistake, you need to have compassion. If I just criticize others without having compassion, in the end, I am telling you, I will stand in the same position someday. That's why even the Bible says that, the uh, Bible says, with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. If I criticize others and treat them badly, I will definitely pay indemnity someday. This is sure. Understand that when I hate others, I will definitely go through an indemnity course until that heart of the hatred disappears. That's why if you don't like somebody, you need to pay indemnity. You criticize somebody, you need to pay indemnity until you completely remove your fallen nature. Wow. Indemnity is waiting for you if you doesn't like someone, if you criticize someone, indemnity is for you because I need to remove my own fallen nature. Next. Do not throw pearls at swine. When we dream, God often shows us through symbols. Even when you look at the Bible, God could not tell the truth as it was. When we practice a life of faith, we must carefully look at the other person's standpoint. I should check whether or not they are someone whom I can directly talk to about the things in my heart. I must know how to discern whether or not they are someone who would accept and appreciate it when I speak my mind as I feel. However, there are people who actually get hurt, undergo hardships, and suffer loss by telling others about their honest feelings. When the other person does not accept what you say is the honest truth, just as the Bible says, it can be like giving pearls to swine. If you throw your con content of sincerity to someone who is insincere, it will be treated as false. Yeah, very important lesson actually. Even looking at how God educates humans, we are when human beings are young in spirit and intelligence, he could not tell the truth as it is. So he related with us through the uh, metaphors and symbols. And Jesus said, I tell you, I tell you truly, truly, I tell you. Someday, if I uh, come again, I'm telling you very clearly, but now I can't tell you. Jesus is using a lot of metaphors and symbols because our level is still not a rich certain standard. Even when you look at the Bible, God could not tell the truth as, as it was. Why does he speak in metaphors and symbols to those who really love us? If they were someone really close, metaphors and symbols would be unnecessary. And he would directly dominate them. Therefore, when we practice our life of faith, we must carefully look at the other person's standpoint. I must know how to discern whether or not they are someone who would accept and appreciate it when I speak my mind as I feel. You should not carelessly 
rebuild your sincerity in front of people. This is because there are the people who actually get hurt and undergo and hardships and suffer loss by telling others about their honest feelings. When the other person cannot accept what you say is honest and sincere, just as the Bible says, it can be like giving purse to swine. If you directly convey your honest feeling to someone, you might actually be hurt a lot. If you throw the content of your sincerity at someone who is insincere, it will be treated as a false. So you have to look at the reciprocal stand standards of the other persons and control them. Therefore, the path of the faith always requires what? Requires what? Wisdom and prudence. Prudence. Wisdom and prudence. Next. You must go on the path of faith wisely. If I openly express my opinions or feelings to others and the other person does not accept them, I am in the position of a foolish person. That is why we must be truly wise on the path of faith. This wisdom and prudence should be well-preserved internally and kept hidden from those who do not understand the truth, even if I tell the truth. Only then can you preserve your truth in the midst of an evil environment. Therefore, you need to control your environment well. In some ways, it may seem false to others, but it is not false. I behave that way because the object partner is false. Yes, wisdom and prudence should be well preserved internally and kept hidden from those who do not understand the truth, even if I tell the truth. Only then can you preserve your truth in the midst of evil environment. The divine principle is like a treasure of the gold and silver. If I publicly announce or boast about my treasures of the gold and silver to anyone and then be treated coldly by those who do not know the, its value, I lose my power. Therefore, I need to find the people God has prepared through prayer and jongsam. Pigs do not know the value of gold and silver, even if, it, even if it is given to them. My spirit can only benefit only when I give gold and silver to those who know its value. Therefore, you must dominate the environment very well. You need to check very well wisely. That's why you need to have the wisdom and what? Prudence. You know? Satan is very clever. You know, to win over Satan, you need to have the wisdom and prudence, right? So today we learn very important thing. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you so much, Dr. Yong, uh, for your incredible guidance that you prepared and shared with all of us. And uh, now we'd like to move over to the living testimony for today. And to give the testimony, we'll have uh, Mrs. Natasha Phillips who is serving as a Subregion 2 Family Ministry Coordinator. And she's going to be sharing on her experience with uh, the time she spent with Mrs. Young and the education session uh, with her. And this is going to be a video recorded message. 
So uh, let us welcome up Mrs. Natasha Phillips. Hello, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Dr. Young. Hi, everybody. Morning, <laughs> My morning. name is Natasha Phillips, and I am the Family Ministry Coordinator for the Southeast Subregion 2. This is my husband, Don. Hi. And uh, we have an 18 month old baby girl. Um, we participated in uh, Mrs. Young's special visit to our subregion last week. On September 17, she came to Washington, D.C. to offer her uh, words of encouragement and her guidance to young families like ourselves. And we had the opportunity to drive up from Charlottesville to see her. We were so excited to meet with Mrs. Young and uh, to hear from her wisdom and her experience of raising her own family and living with a three-generation household. Um, one of the things that uh, really struck me was uh, how she shared about the heavenly culture that we should create in our homes, how filial piety and hyojong is really the key to uh, setting a standard for our families, how the highest value, highest purpose of education is filial piety, as she showed us a Chinese character for filial piety uh, and for education. And uh, filial piety had the characters for an old person and a child. Um, and she showed an image of a young man carrying his old mother on his back. And that just made me think, you know, how a child should really serve and fully love and attend their parents, um, especially as they grow older. And, uh, you know, my parents are growing uh, older as well and just made me really reflect how I can attend them and serve them better, even though uh, we are separated by a long distance right now. You know, I still want to check in with them and take care of them. So I appreciate it, Mrs. Young's reminder, you know, uh, for us ourselves, how we can consider filial piety, uh, as well as as parents, how we can instill filial piety in, in our daughter. Uh, because the second character she talked about, uh, education, has two components, filial and father. So it's just, uh, which I took to just to mean parent, right? The parent's role is to educate their children about having a filial heart, a heart of Hyojong. Um, and I think we really want to cultivate that and all of the traditions that we practice in our homes, you know, whether we're doing hundoke together or praying, um, that we uh, offer full bows to our elders. You know, there's so many different ways that we can use our traditions to try to cultivate this heart of Hyojong uh, from a young age. So I'm, I'm grateful that we could hear Mrs. Young's teaching now, you know, while our daughter is young, so that we can start uh, on the right foot and um, learn from all of the experiences that she shared. Uh, it was really a pleasure to meet her and uh, personally, I was um, also happy that she remembered me <laughs> from my time in Australia. It's been over seven years since I was in Australia, but uh, she did remember meeting me back then. So I was touched by that. Um, and yeah, I, I'm so glad I could see her again and wish her and her family all the best. Uh, she's really an amazing mother and wife and role model to me. 
So thank you so much, Mrs. Young. We oh love you so God. much. Oh my God, wow. It meant a lot to, to meet with all the families in the DC area. Uh, that was special. Yeah, thank you. Anything else you wanna add? <laughs> no, that's it. I thought you covered it pretty well. Yeah, yeah. You, you agree? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I guess that is it for our testimony then. Thank you so much for listening. Mm -hmm. And um, I hope that uh, we will have many more opportunities to hear from Mrs. Young in the future. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Wow. We love you all. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Natasha Kapoor, so much. Thank you, Natasha, for and Dawn for sharing. But actually, we have the real live Natasha on here with us right now. So I actually like to invite her to add a few more words. So Natasha, if you can please unmute and share. Thank you, Yasu. Hi, good morning, everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, this is me first thing in the morning, currently taking care of my daughter. But uh, I just wanted to add one more point, actually. Something else Mrs. Young shared with us, which I found very important. Uh, she shared the principled way of educating her children, uh, because I asked, how can you explain uh, the value of, you know, second generation, our lineage as blessed children? Because that's something very important to me, how I can raise my children to really um, understand and appreciate that they are part of God's lineage. And, you know, we talked about the fall and the change of blood lineage and how we were really transformed through the blessing, right? And as, as blessed children, we were born into this new lineage. And I feel it's so, so meaningful to really hear her explanation. I was so grateful to hear she, she took the time to go into the, the principled uh, explanation for it. And, uh, you know, something she said that really struck me at the end, she says, no matter how we might look externally, you know, as blessed children, even if we don't have the most beautiful body or figure, you know, the tall supermodel look. And from God's point of view, we are the most beautiful and most precious of all. So that that really stayed with me. I just wanted to add that in. And yeah, thank you everyone for listening. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful Natafa, Natacha, Kamsamida. Thank you so much, Natasha, for yeah, really sharing the wisdom that you received from Mrs. Young. It was really uh, wonderful. And yeah, brothers and sisters, with that, with uh, Dr. Young's internal guidance and Natasha's uh, incredible testimony,